This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 138. Classic Universal Monsters. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? Hello, welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben Avery, one of three hosts, and we are actually all three together again after just a whole lot of problems <laughs> to make it happen, including <laughs> me not having internet for almost two weeks. Dr. Jace getting a new computer after his old computer was just kicking him off Skype left and right, and Steve just being Steve. So we're back uh, together. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have valid things that are going like the power outage right now. Well, the power's back on now. But yes, yes. There was, there was no power like five <laughs> minutes ago. We had to fight to make this happen. It's been a long fight. We finally made it. So, gentlemen, Dr. Jace, how you doing? Dr. Jace? Oh, great. We lost him again. No, no. sorry. I actually muted the mic and forgot. I was, <laughs> I've been sitting there talking the whole time. <laughs> I, said, I said, Steve, uh, having no power is no excuse at all. See if you don't if you're listening wow. you don't understand that happens to me all the time in my old computer I would just disappear and they wouldn't even know I wasn't there. Oh my so they goodness. thought I was gone again. Totally thought we were going now, back to old old routines here. So and now anytime you want you can just push that button again and you, people can't hear you. Just so, like so all the times. So can, so can I tell you what what happened to me? Sure, sure. Yeah. What okay. happened to you? So, well what you guys know you obviously are not a fan of my laptop. There's nothing wrong with the laptop. It's just is not a, evidently Skype friendly because it, it, there was all sorts of issues with it, and um, and also I had I spoke a couple uh, probably like a month ago at my church, and I was talking to, I was talking about um, how we can get so distracted and obsessed about certain things, and I talked about how. I had been obsessing over the new Pro Surface Threes. Like I just, um, I just loved the concept. I played with them in the stores, and I just loved how they worked. But that I'd spent way too much time into it, and I there was no way I didn't have enough money in the budget to make it work. So uh, there it was a waste of time, and there was just it was just out of the possibility. So I was wasting a lot of time on this gadget, and uh, and so. So somebody surprised me for Pastor Appreciation Month, which is October, and someone got me for free a brand new Pro Surface Three. No way! Way! Wow! Wow, that's cool. Totally cool. I can actually preach from it now. It's like I actually—I've never had a tablet before, but this is one of those things where, you know, it's the kind that is not just a tablet, but it's also a laptop, and I, it comes yeah, with a yeah. pen. It is awesome. It has as much space as my other laptop has, but it is – it's making me even more efficient than I already was. It, this is – it is what the, I guess what they call the best do-it-all device thus far. Even my 
Mac friends are jealous of it. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I, I, I'll be honest. I've always I, my wife had a had a Mac, uh, and I liked it like doing graphics and different things like that. But I, I've I've always been a PC guy, but I've never been a proud PC guy until now. <laughs> Wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's really my students are the ones with their iPads are jealous of it. That's how cool it is. Yeah, I I had uh, my church gave me an iPad to be able to use from from the the stage for uh, present presentations and stuff like that with the kids in the kids program, and that was just an amazing gift in the way. I, and actually, I'm using it right now too. Uh, but yeah, that's man, Jace, that's pretty. That's that's even greater. Do you, do you have to give it back? No, the laptop I'm using, I have to give back. The iPad was was a straight gift. So okay, yeah. But the laptop I have right yeah. now, if I leave our church, the laptop goes back, and I have to get something else. I'm I'm stuck. I don't have any computer of my own right now. Well, that's where <laughs> my my whole thing is. I didn't want to get a tablet because I have a smartphone, and to me, I didn't see the point in having. I had a laptop and I have a, a phone. I have a, a, a smartphone. So I didn't see the point in getting a tablet, which would have been just more of a kind of a, a fun thing. I couldn't do as much work or anything on it. This thing, as I'm working on it right now, when I work on it, I feel like I'm working on a laptop. But then I just snap off the, the keyboard. I mean, it's so simple. It's magnetic. Yeah, yeah. Pull it off. And it's a tablet. It is awesome. And the pin, guys. The pin is cool. I I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm an avid notebook note taker. Yeah. So I have all I have pads and pads and pads of notebooks. I don't have to do it anymore. I can write on my pad and it keeps my notebooks in my my um my OneNote here. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I, I I'm not jealous, but I'm a little bit jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hey, did you guys did you guys notice that I just faded out there for a couple of seconds? No, no. I just faded out. I thought it was Jace, and then I I couldn't talk to Ben either. But then you you guys came back. <laughs> I, That's what happened to me all the time. I know. Okay, <laughs> oh, man. okay. Well, well, we we haven't even started, and we're way off topic. So I think it's time for us to do a little course correction here and and get into uh, our topic. Pick. Topic, yeah. topic, topic. So here's our topic. And this actually comes from a trip to Walmart that that makes this very appropriate and timely. Because I was at Walmart a, a week or two ago, and there were two things that stood out to me. And then when Steve, you suggested this topic, it was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, because this is what I, I – I just went to Walmart and got this. The one thing that made me think of this topic is a cereal display. Oh, with yeah. Blueberry. Frankenberry, Frankenberry, Count Chocula. Okay, which Count Chocula is the only one you can get really all the time now. The other ones are only seasonal. Well, I think they're all seasonal. But last year they had the the wolf fruit fruit something or I don't know fruit root fruit root. Yeah, yep. and yeah, then they mummy. also had the mummy, but they didn't have yeah. the mummy last year that I remember. But uh. Here's the thing about Count Chocula. That's really the only one that's worth the money because it tastes chocolatey. It turns your milk chocolatey, and it has the chocolatey marshmallows. It it, it, it yeah. is it is it 
is probably in my top five favorite cereals. But I now there's a cheat now, and I is Lucky Charms now has a chocolate version. Oh, yeah, that is. Or a they cheat. did. Yeah, because it's the same exact thing as Count Chocula, basically. Well, that's huh. not as special anymore. Then I don't. Wow. Care. <laughs> Thanks for uh, putting the wet blanket on that. That's nice. great. Thanks, Count Thanks Chocula. Totally. Yeah. You can just go back after Halloween. But um, the other thing that, that that Walmart had, and this is tied into their the, the new movie that Universal put out called Dracula Untold. Have you guys heard about that? Yes, I haven't yeah, seen I think it, it was, yet. I, I think the the review for it was Dracula Unwatched. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're trying to do like a Universal Monsters uh, version of the Avengers, where they're doing solo movies and then they'll do a team up or something. I don't know how it would work. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. But, Are they getting Abbott and Costello back together? To well, I'm about to mention Abbott and Costello here, Steve. Awesome. For twenty dollars, awesome. they had the Dracula Legacy Collection and the Frankenstein Legacy Collection, which nice. is uh, on. It's six films of Dracula and it's eight films for Frankenstein. What's funny is that the there's a, I think there's four discs in each of these. And one, two, three, four. The fourth disc in both of these sets is the same disc. Because they both end with House of Dracula from 1945 and Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein from 1948. So the, the final disc on both of these sets is the same. But uh, and then they they did have the send your spare send your spare to me send it send it over this way. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I, I could. Um, and and you can send me back my Babylon Five in exchange. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the mood. Burn! <laughs> you know, that exchange has been like a five-year exchange. I know. It took, what, two years for me to send it to you in the yeah, first place? Yeah, it's been about place. a year and a half <laughs> or however long it's been. It's been a while. but um, So, yeah. So those are the, the Universal Monsters. And then the Creature from the Back Lagoon is you can get all the single ones. You can get Bride of Frankenstein. You can get Wolfman. You can get all those. The Mummy. Uh, it's individuals. They only have the two... The Frankenstein and the Dracula were the only ones that they had the sets, but um, they it just got me in the mood for just some old school monster movies. From nice. yeah, so I'm I've got these and I'm ready. I I briefly considered just making sure I'm going to eat a bowl of monster cereal while I watch them, but I'm not doing that now because I already ate the cereal. So much to the chagrin of my children, who only got one breakfast out of the boxes of cereal. <laughs> I'm sorry, I stay up later than you, and no one's around. And have a, right. have a hankering sometimes, for some uh, Count Chocula. Sometimes a man's just got to eat monster-based cereal. That's exactly. What man's got to do. Exactly. Yeah, I, I can see it now. Sometimes a man just has to sit there and watch cartoons and cereal and watch movies. It's, yeah, uh, it's it's the if you grew up in the seventies and eighties, you just that's just a part of your your fiber. It's the Cadillac of marshmallow-based cereals. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Our, our kids would be like, you have to be eating cereal while texting. That's, the, that's how you oh, man. childhood. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, I mean, 30, 20 years ago, you had Calvin sitting in front of the TV eating his, you know, Choco sugar bombs. So, you know, here we are 20 years later, and kids, kids are going to just sit there and look at their iPhones and yeah. eat, eat their cereal. The future is now, my friends. That's right. Where's our now. rocket packs? We don't have those, but we have our personal computer pack. So, 
So we are going to talk the about these classic. Is now. <laughs> okay, we're going to talk I, about these classic I, monsters. Can I make a confession? Yeah, sure. I have a confession, and I I was trying to avoid this topic because uh, I'm uh, I I have never seen any of the original horror movies. Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> why, why am I not surprised by that? Hmm. But you're, well, fa- you're familiar say, with the characters. Well, I, I, okay. I mean, they're part let of the pop. Cl- they're part of pop culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. L- let me clarify. Now, when I see Dracula, you guys are referring to the, the 1931 Universal yeah, version. We're going I have way back. seen. I have seen Nosferatu, which is. Oh, okay. Probably the silent that. movie. Yes, the silent movie, which is the character, is kind of launched that. So, yeah, Nosferatu was. I mean, they were trying to make a Dracula movie, and they couldn't get rights, and so they just went ahead and said, "Well, we'll just do it, but we'll change the names." And, yeah, and they got Instead sued. Of pointy but, canine teeth. We got pointy front teeth. Yeah, yeah. they they got sued, <laughs> but the movie still got made, and it's out there, and it's it is a classic. It it helped define and it's, some of the language of, of vampire movies. Yeah, and it's creepy, super creepy. It is. Yes. You know what else? You know what else helped define was the Remans from Star Trek, uh, that last Star Trek movie. Star Trek Insurrection? No, not Insurrection. Nemesis. Nemesis. Yeah. Because the the Remans have have a very uh, Nosferatu kind of look to them with the the way they're shaped with the head yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And hmm. And it's intentional. Like you, you listen to the director's commentary, and they'll talk about how they were looking, you know, back at these vampire things. And so, yeah, it's it's it definitely is a classic in that it it defined a visual language for horror movies in in general, but also for vampire stuff. So, right. But uh, here's the question, Doctor Jace: Did you see Shadow of the Vampire? No. It's a uh, it's a movie about the making of that movie. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. It's William Defoe. Mm-hmm. I think William Defoe plays the guy who plays Nosferatu, and the yeah, and the way that they play the movie is that guy's actually a real vampire. Yeah, <laughs> like he's he's actually just if he's not a real vampire, he is a total nut and believes yeah. he is. He's 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 something. So watch the movie, and we're not going to ruin it. But uh, yes, yeah, it's that's the thing very is, well I, done. I, I, I'm, I've never been a huge horror fan, but I, I do because I know that, that they're not – because a lot of them get really – nowadays get more demonic and I'm just not into that kind of thing. Right. But I know the classic ones, there's a lot of meat to it. So I actually was hoping to get to it this month. But uh, – so don't, don't – don't, don't, if you need to do spoilers, I'll, I'll take my earbuds out. Okay. Well, I don't know, if I know how many spoilers we're actually going to be able to give. I think we're going to talk about the creatures in general. And that's yeah. where I say, Dr. Jace, even if you haven't seen the movies – you can oh, still yeah. be an intelligent part of the conversation because you know what these things are, right, um, except yes. for maybe specifics like the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, that maybe we can start there because that that one is not that's not a creature that's from folklore. That was created right. for the movie, and you know it's a creature that's believe it or not it's from a, a lagoon. <laughs> and, is the lagoon uh, blackish? It is. Uh, you know, it helps that it's in black and white. So you can't tell. Maybe the lagoon might have a green tint in real life. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. Yeah. But uh, well, see, what's, what's weird about this is that when I when we lived in Hollywood, we lived right across the street from Universal. 
universals outside of our our window. And so we had obviously we had season passes because it was always there. And so I saw these characters nonstop over and over. And so whenever whenever the new like the when the new werewolf movie came out with um, Anthony Hopkins, it was plastered everywhere. I saw Anthony Hopkins face outside my window. Um, It was pretty. uh, It's hard, hard to avoid. Yeah. I think that was the, uh, the the follow-up to Teen Wolf. I think it was Geriatric Wolf. <laughs> I'm thinking. Maybe or maybe Well, he not. wasn't the werewolf. That was Del Toro or something like that. Who was the – what was the – oh, it was Jack Nicholson who played a wolf man. Yeah, he had one. Yeah. In a, in a, oh, I can't remember the name of that movie They got Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. Well, should we talk about the wolf man then and, and werewolves right now? Or sure. The way we're going to talk about this is we're going to talk about our experience with the creature in general. Have we movies we've seen like we're doing right now? So we'll come back to Team Wolf in just a second, um, and then we're going to talk about what we like about the creature, what we don't like, and that can go into movies, that can go into folklore, that can go into again wherever we want to go with that. And then we'll talk about some of the themes. And honestly, some of these these three categories they're going to bleed into each other and bleed out of each other. So. Starting with the Wolfman and Teen Wolf, which is on MTV as a TV series right now. MTV. Yep, yep. I haven't seen us. I haven't seen a single episode. Wow. I've heard both good and bad things about it, which surprises <laughs> me because I was just expecting to hear only bad things about it. Right, but. right. So Teen Wolf, I'm throwing it back at you, guys. That's Michael, the, um, Michael, Michael J. J. Fox, Fox or, J. Right? or Jason Bateman. Yes. It's Dude. basically the same movie, just with a different <laughs> different NBC actor. But uh, Michael J. Fox, that's the one. I mean, that's the one I saw multiple times growing up. Uh, yeah. Teen Wolf 2. It's Teen Wolf, comma, T-O-O. Teen Wolf, get uh, it? Ha, ha, get ha. it? Yeah. Uh, I, I get it. With Jason oh. Bateman. That was just, hey, let's do another one because the first one made so much money. And we can't get the popular guy from sitcoms, so let's get the next popular guy from sitcoms. Right, yeah. Because Michael J. Fox, he's he's busy doing Back to the Future stuff. Well, and Family Ties was a much more bigger show than the Hogan family, which was originally <laughs> Valerie's family. Which was originally Valerie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, she sued them. I mean... She I left know, the show, really and then they just called it Valerie's family, and she had died in a car accident or whatever. And she sued them <laughs> to get her character's name off and, the title. And they brought her, brought in Sandy Duncan to replace her. I like Sandy Duncan. Well, of course. I, I mean, who I else met, you gonna replace her with? I met Sandy Duncan. Well, she's likable, then, right? I love well, her she's donuts. Extremely likable, but she's huh. like she's tiny. I could put her in my back pocket. <laughs> That's why she was Peter Pan. Maybe you have just a really big back pocket, you know, instead well, of just projecting on someone else. Why don't you think about you for a second? Have she you ever just really, thought about you? I will say this about her. I, w- I got a chance to hang out with her backstage of her play because I had several friends that were in it. And I hung out with her and it was as if I'd known her my whole life. She was always like, hey, Jace, come over here. Let's get a picture. Hey, Jace. <laughs> she made me feel as if like we were just best buds. So I have a soft spot in my heart for for Sandy Duncan, and that was because I, I loved her, of course, with Scooby Doo. With Scooby Doo, she did yeah, Scooby Doo. The Scooby Doo movies. She was one of those. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't realize ones? that. Yes, yeah, she was. When you had um, when you was had she the, Velma. 
No, 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 no. The cartoons. Well, they they would bring in the movie. They'd have like Don Knotts and Batman and Robin and and the Three exactly. Stooges. And the Harlem, the Harlem but she's Globe a real Trotters. person, right? But they brought in Steve. Don't tell me you don't remember this. I remember some of it. I just was not a big Scooby Doo fan back okay. then. Okay. Well, the, Sandy Duncan was one of the guest stars that they brought in, okay. and it was animated. But then they would do their own voice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I can't right. believe you don't remember how, Steve. That's how I knew who Sandy Duncan was before she was on Valerie's family, the Hogan family. I'm really not a big Scooby-Doo fan. I mean, like when when my wife – we were going to get vitamins or something for the kids and my wife you know, held up the little thing and said, hey, look, Scooby-Doo. I said, Scooby, don't. It was just like that. Wow. And your wife I'm, I'm, laughed because she's dutiful and loves you. You know what? Someone else who was in the aisle – who was not even related to us, we didn't even know. She laughed at that. Okay? So it's not just me who laughs at my own jokes. Sometimes other people do as well. Wow. Guys, I just want to I just want to highlight that this is the second big bunny trail that we've gone on. Yeah. Back to the Wolfman. So hey, did you like my where, sound effect? Did you like that sound yeah, effect? Yeah, it sounded like that's, it was actually – That's actual, the vitamins. Yeah. That's the vitamins. Hey, look, honey. Scooby-Doo. So werewolves – <laughs> I don't know how can we recover from this. <laughs> so lycanthropy. Yeah, I, uh, the, t- the title of this should be classic rabbit trails and other rabbit trails. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we started on a rabbit trail, so that wasn't a very good way to begin, maybe. But yeah. it's okay. It's okay. We'll get back on target here. So wolf people, wolf men, wolf. Werewolves. werewolves. They're. <laughs> What Do are you the like traditional? <laughs> well, I guess. It, I guess it, first of all, before I can say if I like them or not, what what are some of the different lores? Because you know, depending on there's different things that go. Like for instance, a silver bullet, you know, is the only thing that can kill a werewolf in some right. traditions. What right. are some other traits of the of the werewolf lore that are pretty common? Well, the the primary one is the full moon. It's tied into the moon. And when the moon would come out, and you know, going back to Scooby Doo, I remember an episode of Scooby Doo as a kid where the moon was out, and they would turn into a werewolf, and then clouds would go in front of the moon, just as as like uh, Fred and Velma would come in, right? You know, yeah. and so then the the guy turned back into a normal guy, and no one believed Shaggy just and Scooby, time. and then they'd leave, and the cloud would come away from the moon, and he turned back into a werewolf, and ah, and they'd you know run away and. They'd have right. the looping background and the the crazy legs and stuff. But now, is that in traditional? As yeah, well? yeah, I believe it is. And Scooby and Shaggy not being able to to no, convince no, no. people. That, I think the, that is traditional the, lore. If the that, moon is covered, no, no, that's that, that's no. not. That's something it's they did just cycle, for the gag. I was going to yeah, say it's a lunar cycle thing. I was going to say because of 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 all these other ones, if you had to be the Wolfman, well, if you could at least be the Wolfman in like Seattle. And you only have to deal with a full moon every number so often, and and the yeah. clouds covered because it rains so much. Then you might only have to deal with it like once, once every. Year, yeah. yeah, exactly. But what if you were in like Alaska or Lapland or something? You'd well, be like the the you know for months. I thought I was so clever when I came up with the idea of a werewolf astronaut who, when he's on the moon, he's just always a werewolf. But it's been done then. <laughs> I thought I was so, so awesome coming up with that idea. Yeah. No. 
What about other moons, like the moons of Mars? Like if he went to Mars, would he become a werewolf if, you know, Deimos or Phobos were in the sky? I think you would have more chances of being a werewolf if you have the full moon. You have two moons that are going through their cycles. It'd be like a double werewolf. Yeah, but is it just our moon or all moons? Well, that's the question. I mean, once you bring science fiction into this, then you're getting into, you know, I would say it would depend on your story that you want to tell. If I want to put a werewolf on Mars, I'm definitely going to have him deal with the two moons. And if I'm going to put a werewolf on the moon, you know, that would be another issue. Right. Uh, it would also be cool, like uh, Jupiter, you know, and, yeah. and the moons of Jupiter, moons or whatever. you know, you, there's, there's possibilities there that you could bring in some pretty interesting sci-fi things. And what are like a moon rock? If you went to see like a moon rock exhibit, would he turn into a wolf? Well, I think that's a, uh, a Marvel comic thing that they did, did where they a guy the actually had – Yeah, the moonstone that he would use that to change into a werewolf as he wanted to, I think. I think I so, I didn't yeah. read any of those comics. I've read some of the, the Marvel werewolf it, comics, but – Whenever you guys talk about comics, you guys just mentioned – I should say when you guys just mentioned the comics – it brought to my mind there is one character that reminds me of a werewolf, and I don't I don't know if you guys I mean I know the original, but I don't remember this being part of it. But Beast kind of reminds me of a werewolf from the a X-Men. little bit, but also you have Rain from the New Mutants, who actually is a werewolf, basically. Yeah, uh, but but she's a mutant who has the powers that are similar to a werewolf. She was she was thought of as a werewolf, so you know initially the townsfolk. Uh, wanted to kill her because they thought her as you know something evil, but it was a mutant power. She can change at will. You know she doesn't have to wait for the moon. Right, right. And but we'd have still. to say that werewolves is probably would you guys guess top three with Frankenstein Dracula? Because I mean every single sci-fi show out there from the X Files, the Supernatural, to yeah. they all have an episode uh, Underworld, Twilight. They're, the werewolves are always a part of. Yeah, lycanthropy is one of those things that goes back, you know, to the those traditions, the vampire traditions, and the um, you know composite human, uh, you know, things like that. So that's one that has stood the test of time. So, yeah. do you, so, so, Steve, since you're so much older than the rest of us, do you refer to <laughs> to werewolves as werewolves or lichens? Werewolves. Okay. Well, because here's the thing with werewolves is that ties into some pretty deep fears of losing your humanity, you know, mm-hmm. and and you know, in a modern context, it's kind of losing losing the, the 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 control and losing the you know just losing it to your your beast self, and and if you're not, especially if you're not a, a part of a Christian background. You you can see those kind of. It's not that you're going to believe that you might turn into a werewolf, but if you're believing that you are part of the animal kingdom, you know, and, and there is nothing special about you, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of the werewolf is that idea of just stripping away your civilization, stripping away. I mean, it's they burst out of their clothes and they become animals and they be, they become pure impulse. For the most part, there are some intelligent werewolf stories and stuff like that. But for the most part, you're becoming a creature instead of a human, and right. it's a real fear. I mean, back in the day, it was a real fear because people would go insane or be possessed or whatever, and you wouldn't know what was going on, and they would do things. They're acting like 
creatures. And, and uh, I actually have a friend, a modern day friend from Romania, who when we were in college, we were talking and he's, yeah, I believe that werewolves are real because I know I've known people who have told me that they've seen them. So it was it's, it's very much an, an old country thing, especially the werewolf idea. Shape shifting into animals is not old country. I mean, that's that's all over the place. It's you can find that in Native American folklore. You can find that in South American folklore, Mexican folklore, and you can find it in African folklore, and you can find it in European. It's 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 a, a it's a universal, not just <laughs> the movie company, but in general, it's a universal thing. A universal right. fear of losing the veneer of of civilization and losing your well, own personal self control. Let me ask you this then: What is your favorite incarnation of the werewolf? What, what, it can be the creature itself or the actual story. Maybe you, maybe maybe it was just the side character, and you, but you <laughs> love the movie so much or I'll, show. I'll say this to start with. There is a lot of terrible werewolf movies out there. Yep. They Team Team Wolf <laughs> 2. <laughs> well, I would say that Team Wolf 2 goes on the good half as far as if you're going to take all the werewolf movies and then say, you know, say there's a thousand of them, 500 going good, 500 going bad. Team Wolf 2, that's on that's on the good side. <laughs> and there's some really terrible dumb stupid movies that I have wasted life hours on <laughs> watching and, and getting – I like bad movies, guys. You know this about me. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. when I can watch it and say this is what they were trying to do and I really can appreciate right. what they were trying to do or I can really it's laugh at it. You know, but some of these werewolf movies that I've seen, I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. There's nothing funny here. There's nothing – there's no spark of creativity here. It's just yep. plain bad. Yep. So uh, a favorite? Uh, that's hard because I haven't I haven't seen that many that are good. <laughs> I do remember reading it was a Stephen King book. It was like the Cycles of the Moon, I think, and it was about a, like that, yeah. it was about someone who was a werewolf, and it just told his story every full moon, and so it's like twelve chapters or something like that. Right, and, I, and it was like always on a holiday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. I don't remember enough about it to actually be able to recommend it, but I do remember liking it and, and finding it interesting. Um, Steve, how about you? I remember um, a movie back in the eighties, and I wasn't really into, um, you know, the avant-garde stuff and everything. So when I watched it, it uh, I was sort of taken aback by me enjoying it at all. Um, it was uh, in the company of wolves, and it was a retelling of the uh, Little Red Riding Hood tale, um, as if the wolf were a werewolf, and it had a lot of sensual overtones. I don't think it had any nudity or anything in it. Um, looking back on it now, it's it's I'm you know, I'm not going to watch it with my kids, um, <laughs> but it had a, a very artsy style to it. It, it was very um, sometimes you didn't really know if if you were if the if this was a hallucination or a dream or something um but it it really it really struck me as like that's what that wolf could have been you know instead of just being a regular wolf in a story it it turned it into a werewolf story and it was very interesting how they did that i, I would have to say i'd have to agree with ben 
there aren't that many good werewolf movies out there. In fact, the the best stories I've seen are usually in the context of a TV show where I already like the characters, like X Files, or mm-hmm. or something along those lines. You know, almost every sci-fi mystery one you have to have a little bit of that so it's um you you have that with supernatural and some others but i'd have to say if i had to pick a movie and it's if i watched it again i'd probably have to say it's a horrible movie but i haven't seen it since i was a kid so i remember loving monster squad i you know i don't think i've ever seen that movie but i've heard a lot of people who see it who saw it as kids and look back at it as it's a classic you know it's yeah, and I, I want to see it because I, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I haven't experienced it. Now I'm seeing it as a forty year old, but yeah, because um, I'm like, you know, what was the one? Was it the Lost Boys with um, with um, Corey was, Feldman, Corey yeah, Feldman, the, and all them? Those with vampires, correct? That was vampires. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember seeing part of that a couple years ago. I'm like, wow, that is not the movie I remember. <laughs> well, and, and so, we'll uh, probably so, bring that up again in a moment here, but yeah, because yeah. I would imagine it's even worse with monster <laughs> with Monster Squad. <laughs> Except, well, yeah, I, I can't I can't defend it because I hadn't seen seen it. But uh, going back to just body transformation and, and turning into creatures, though, there have been some good stories like that without the wolf element. Like I think of the fly, uh, both the 80s version and the 60s version where it's it, it's scary as you, right. you know they're becoming a beast a creature a non-human and they can't control the transformation and that kind of thing right and i think that that's the appeal to the idea of the werewolf is that it's this transformation but first of all you have to do a good transformation and if you can't do that right then you lose your audience because you know it just looks stupid and, well, I and think, then the other thing is the character itself, when it becomes a wolf, that's why Teen Wolf works. The, the the first movie, at least, is that it's still Michael J. Fox. It's just Michael J. Fox. I've got I'm covered in hair, and I can jump, and I can, I have skills, and I can play <laughs> basketball, and that's what I like about Teen Wolf. And so maybe I would say your answer, Doctor Jace, is Teen Wolf because it's he's transforming. He has a little bit of a beastie nature. But it's really a it's a story about pride and it's a story about, you know, being, you know, who you are and not you know, showing off and losing yourself in popularity and losing yourself in, you know, that the high school games that, that go along with with popularity and, and being the, the one that people like and everything. So I'd, I'd have to say you're talking about the concept of change. If I were to take the what I think is the best modern, as far as famous stories, if you're just talking about the transformation, you'd have to kind of look at the Incredible Hulk in that way too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because mm-hmm. with, with that, you're getting also into the Jekyll and Hyde story, which I think that, falls exactly. into this this idea right. here. Yeah, it's the it's the subjugation of the self. You know, and when you have yeah, that, it, you it, have all these different types of story of. A you know the the human being being less than what it was you know less than less than it was and it's it's very different from say the creature of the black lagoon because there the mystery is what is that thing that is other than us 
Yes. And in these stories, we're saying, what is that thing that is that appears to be us, that we go away and this thing appears? So it's a, a different uh, a different look, a different yeah, focus on it. it yeah, it kind of highlights, uh, from a Christian perspective, the sin nature. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, or, or from a, a secular, psychodynamic perspective, the id part of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Wolfman. Check. Where do you want to go next? Should we go to the creature? Uh, well, well, I don't know. I, have, I don't have much to add with the creature of the Black Lagoon. I mean, there's a few of these that, you know, like the Invisible Man and, and things. I'm, yeah, well, he didn't know. even make my list when I was making the list of the, the classic yeah. monster. He, he should be on there, but... <laughs> um, yeah, The Creature from the Black Lagoon is a movie... I'm a big fan of that creature. Like, I like that creature design. I have a couple... Um, I have a... Uh, a bank that is basically like a bust kind of statue, but it's made out of plastic or whatever. So, and it it's being sold as a, a piggy bank basically, but it looks like it's a high high quality you know, um, bust. Like they sell at collectible stores. Uh, I love the design of the creature, and I enjoy the movies. I watch them about once a year now. And just first of all, you have three movies that actually have a character arc for the creature. The creature changes from movie to movie, and it's also interesting because the movies are shot from both the perspective of the humans who don't know what's going on as the creature is sneaking around or attacking from the darkness at first, but you're also seeing it from the perspective of the creature who's on the outside looking in, and basically every movie he falls in love with the woman, you know, the, the female lead of the, of the movie. Um, <laughs> of course. But so you have this alienated creature that you actually kind of a little bit relate to as someone, you know, if you've ever been on the outside looking in and wanted to have been part of what's looking, and you have the, the handsome lead with the beautiful woman. And then you have the ugly creature on the outside looking in who just desires the woman. Now, then he ends up going and (laughs) kidnapping her and taking her to his lair or whatever. But you, it's interesting the way that they do that and they kind of straddle that line between the creature is something that is other to be destroyed, but on the other side, the creature is something that is you, you know? And so it, which side you'd fall on, I think depends on the mood you're in or depends on the way you would read it normally is as far as where, where you see yourself as, as a protector or as a weak, you know, uh, outsider. But I, the creature from the Black Lagoon is not, as we said before, it's not part of folklore, and it comes from, you know, just the the fear of the dark, the fear of of what you know what's there out there in the night, what's out there in the Black Lagoon. You know, I mean, that's you can't get much more scary as far as places you can go now than down a river into the deepest darkest jungle where there's no civilization around at all, except for this this one off creature who. Who knows how – how where did it come from? Does it have parents? You know, it's – there's no other creatures from the Black Lagoon. And when he chooses his mate, it's a human, you know. I've always wanted to it, write the story of the creature from the Black Lagoon's girlfriend who's like – she's like – he's off camera for a lot of the movie, you know, and they're scared of him. She's off off camera and she's just so jealous of him because he keeps looking at that woman on the boat, you know. Like she doesn't even have scale. Ben, what? Ben, 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 stop talking. Stop talking right now because Disney will hear this and they will create a TV show just for that. 
and I would watch it and yep. then grumble. And then champion it. <laughs> but I think an, another thing that it does is uh, goes to the uh, the folklore uh, missing link. You know, uh, yeah, I uh, think you're right there. You're right. Where you have uh, you know Bigfoot, you know, creature from the Black Lagoon, and things like that. Where um, you know the the fossil record is is so massively incomplete that there's so many different ways that people can assume that there's something else out there. And you know the, the the different ways that it shows up, um, with you know uh, creatures and with um, uh, Bigfoot type things yeah, and or, stuff like or that. Or if not missing link, the idea of lost creatures, right. creatures that have you know that we just haven't found yet, and and they've survived for this long, like Loch Ness monster too, where it's just survived mm-hmm. this long, and we can't. We can't find it, but we keep seeing evidence of it every once in a while that maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. And, yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. So, I, yeah, and as far as my favorite uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon movie, I probably have to say The Creature from the Black Lagoon. That would be the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, what really? about you guys? <laughs> Now, hey, all was, three of them was, I do recommend. Though they are, they get progressively worse as far as not being as good as the one before, but they still are good. And I don't want to give away anything, Steve, Steve or Doctor Jace. Although Steve, have you seen them? All three? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I probably have seen two of them. Clint Eastwood is in the second one. <laughs> it's a hey, small part. It's a small part, I, but that's all I'm going to say. Am I mistaken? But did USA used to have like a way back in the day have a TV show called Swamp Thing? They did. Yes. Yep. yep. And was that was that kind of like a riff off the creature of the of the? That's the actually lagoon. a different. It's a different type of creature. It's, it's a swamp. It's a swamp creature. And it's probably no, no, it's, it's a, probably more of a riff on the werewolf type of thing because it's a transformed human. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a human who became a swamp beast. And so he's no longer human. He's plant, and he's more elemental, and he has all these powers. But he's not—he's not human. And right. it actually, there were two movies, and then lots of comic books. It's a DC Comics character, right? There's a, the Man Thing has a similar uh, creation story, uh, origin story, but they're completely different things. You know, one is yeah, Man the, Thing. Yeah. They were trying to discover the Super Soldier Serum. Right, and that experiment went awry. There was an explosion. He fell in the swamp on fire, and when he, you know, he they thought he was dead, but he emerges from the swamp as the swamp creature who's lost his humanity completely. He doesn't even have consciousness about being a human. Uh, but I'll, I'll, you guys know this. I'm a big swamp monster fan. I love yes. love the idea of the swamp monster, and it comes down to, I think, a lot of the idea of human transformation into. Horrible, grotesque things, well, and and what you, that changes about you, and and how what do you do then, and and getting to sin, the idea of sin nature and that kind of thing. And Ben, you need to right. come to Virginia Beach because about thirty minutes from here, forty minutes from here, we have the dismal swamps, <laughs> and there's lots of cool things there. We can take you, and I can show you, and I can, you know, just leave you there, and you can just really just imbibe face. the swamp and. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yep. The creature. Check. I'm. 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 I'm putting the cap on that conversation because it sounds like you guys don't have too much to add to that. 
Okay. It was never one of my favorites because of the whole, you know, missing link evolution thing. Um, but you know, as a as just a, a movie as a standalone thing, I mean, it's it's a fantasy, it's science fiction. If you think of, um, you know, things like that as as just elements of science fiction, then it it works plausibly. Um, how about the mummy? I'm I'm gonna kind of get the mummy out of the way here too. The idea- Mummy is an interesting. It's an. It, it, it was based on, you know, the, there was people who were archaeologists and they were uncovering these wonderful things, and it seemed as though they were curses. Well, there some of the there was printed curses. I mean, right. they they found actual. You know, you'll be cursed if you enter here. Um, but <laughs> do you know some of the background behind some of the curse curses? I think um, I used to. Well, the idea is a lot of people who went in there died of you know different lung problems, and and it turns out a lot of people who died close to the time of opening the tomb, it was because the sealed right. air was you know carried things that they weren't able to deal with with their with their health, and so they right. they would die, and then then it just became okay. He died when he was ninety. It's the curse because he was there. You know, it's just you know <laughs> right. they just attribute it to the curse. But see, right. I can't help it. But whenever I think of classic monster movies and and characters, I can't help but think of the mummy as the unwanted cousin. You know, he's just kind of there. He's <laughs> yeah. not. He's not quite on the same level as Dracula, <laughs> Frankenstein, and, and the werewolf. <laughs> but you have to invite him. You know. Yeah. He's just kind of ambling behind. Oh, hey guys, you know I'm here, right? Oh, because I'm like they left me again. Every every TV show or or cartoon or or that I've seen deal with them, they're like, "Why would you be scared of a mummy? It's this guy, old guy, wrapped up in toilet paper. It just (laughs) light it on fire and be done with it. I mean, it's just it it shambles. You know, it it doesn't run after you." It's very easy to get away from a mummy. Yeah, could you imagine, honestly, guys, if if the mummy was loose in New York City, could you imagine what what the average generation? It, it's not scary. You can run around him, and he's just like. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the reasons why they they reinvented him for the new mummy movies. Oh yeah, where yeah. he has these these fantastic magic powers, where he can turn himself into a, a, a sandstorm, and I mean. Just, F- f- frightening. Yeah, they they stuff. had to amp him up if they're going to make a modern movie. Yeah, they they had to, and it makes sense that they would do that for for a modern action movie. That's the other thing is the Mummy movies that they reinvented with Brendan Fraser. Uh, they were action movies. Mm-hmm. It was Brendan Fraser, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, they were action movies, not horror movies. And right. and so yeah. the, the action the 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 scares and the thrills came from more of an Indiana Jones pulp fiction type of of perspective yeah. than a you know uh, a scary horror type of thing. Yeah, it was supernatural action, not horror per se. And yeah, and I think it's because because the mummy doesn't scare. Like some of the other ones do, just just in and of itself. Well, the idea of the mummy should scare if it's done 
in the right way, but that's because a mummy is looking at a dead person. A, a right. mummy coming after you is a dead person coming after you. It's almost a zombie, basically. And maybe mm-hmm. and, and zombies are, I think, modern zombies are kind of extension of mummies. But yeah, um, but there's a difference though. When the mummy bites your head off, you don't become a mummy too. That's no, he just you're just dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the other difference is uh, zombies have been dead for a little while. You know, right. depending on the situation, it might be they're coming out of graves, so a couple hundred years to 50 years or whatever. Or if they are, you know, your friends and family who have just been bitten, you know, they've only been dead for 10 minutes or whatever. The mummy, he's been dead for, you know, three, four, five thousand years. And right. <laughs> it's nothing, you know. It, it, so you have to have that supernatural element. And that's why the mummy movies worked because they were noir thrillers. You know, it's it's black and white. It's a creepy thing coming out of the dark. And, it, but you're right, Jace, you know, light them on fire and run away and be done with it. Or just, I mean, or just yeah, wrap his just, legs tighter, you know, so he can't walk. And he just has to hop after you. He's like, hey, come back here. No, so. get one of that, you know, liquid cement or like, you know, <laughs> paint him with sticky glue or something. I mean, what's he going to do to you? <laughs> He'll keep coming after you. That's the thing. He's you tenacious. Know, now you've just created a a shambling mass that's going to come after you and and be burning. So yeah. <laughs> you know, so going back to your original rid- idea, Doctor Jace. You know Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, Wolfman, and creature and mummy. They all go out to dinner, and they're like, guys, we got to ditch the mummy. You know, he keeps showing yeah. up to these things. We don't, who's inviting him? I'm not inviting him. Are you inviting him, Frankenstein? I'm not inviting. They leave. They get in the taxi together. They leave the mummy behind, and the mummy's just like, man, and he's just going to walk. And he's going to walk, and he'll walk and walk and walk until he comes to your place. And then he's like, hey, guys, you forgot me. Are you doing anything exciting? And they're like, well, we're playing Catan, but we already started. And mommy's like, I don't care. I'll just eat some of your popcorn. So that's why mummy should be scary. (laughs) He's tenacious. So can I do a check next to mummy here then? Yeah, the tenacious mummy. Tenacious M. So we have Dracula and Frankenstein left. Uh, which one do you guys want to go with? Uh, let's do it alphabetically. Okay. Well, I guess that's Dracula then. That is Dracula. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I, uh, let's talk about Dracula. I, I, well, you, you could just be called vampire, and then all of a sudden you're doing Frankenstein's monster first. Yeah, but we're not doing vampire. We're doing universal monsters. So we're or we could do Bride of Frankenstein and then Bride of Frankenstein's first. We could do that, yeah. You guys are screwing it all up, man. It was going so smooth. Well, why don't we just do it your way, Ben, okay? Oh, man. Well, Dr. Chase is the one who said it first. So high maintenance. All right, fine. Dracula. Dracula. Yeah. Vampires. Yeah. He, he's become a diva, Steve. <laughs> he's a diva. A diva. diva. <laughs> Podcasting diva, man. That's your new, that's your new, that's your new podcast handle, oh, Ben. Man, yeah. All right, guys. So if we're not going to do this right, we're not going to do it at all. You know what I mean? Let's do it yeah, right. Let's do it. Alphabetical order. My ball for home. If you know what I mean. That's right. <laughs> all right. Let's talk vampires. I want a ball. <laughs> so vampires. They, yes. generally speaking, they live off of human blood, 
and that's where it comes from. One of the first vampires was a woman who would bathe in virgin blood, and that would allow her to stay eternally youthful. She would take their youth. Uh, you also have Vlad the Impaler, who was notorious for his murderous ways and also was said to uh, drink drink human blood. And then you kind of get into folklore and you get these ideas of the vampire. If he drinks your blood, he either become his thrall or you become a vampire like him. And you, these ideas of then holy things that are destroy the vampire, the cross, yeah. if you believe in it, and holy water and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I, to me, whenever I think of vampires, to me, they seem to be... I, I the other characters, a lot of them are, are more fun, and you can do a lot of things with it. Vampires are often, if I were to envision, if I could see what a demon would look like, I would think a vampire would be a pretty good guess of what it could be because it's they're both dangerous, uh, but they can also be um, enticing in different ways. So to me, vampires almost seem to be a little bit more demonic than the other ones what do you guys do you guys see that at all i i agree yeah. especially when it comes to intent of the uh the storyteller because you do have some storytellers who are intentionally trying to tell a story that that has that kind of i don't know demonic nature to it but then you have storytellers who they're looking at the vampire as metaphorical evil that is conquered by metaphorical good and I don't know how much, how many of those like old school filmmakers who would say, you know, here's the cross and the vampire steps back from it because they can't handle the, the idea of Christ and Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Uh, I don't know how many of those filmmakers actually believed in that actual, you know, the actual sin conquering power of the cross right. to make it into a, you know, visual metaphor for that. And how many of them, it was just, well, a cross is a very holy thing. It's the most holy thing I can think of. It works as a visual metaphor. So uh, I it's, I think it, a lot of it depends on the intent of the creator. And, yeah. Yeah, and nowadays, you know, when you see a vampire movie, they show a cross and then the vampire just laughs at them. Right, right. <laughs> and, and you could see a kind of a transition because I think in a lot of the older movies, the cross would just make the vampire shrink away. And then you came to a point where it was the cross only has power if you believe in it and right. other religious symbols that you believe in could work. And so you kind of have that kind of weaving into it. And then you have now, like you just said, Dr. Jace, whether you believe in it or not, it's it's doesn't have any actual power. and And some of that comes to vampires taking on like a scientific type of origin where it's a disease it's not a spiritual right. transformation and and some of it comes down to just you know people don't believe in the cross and it's why would i make a you know i'm i'm i'd much rather make a statement about the cross not having power than a statement about the cross having power right yeah but, i remember um when when the x-men fought dracula and Kitty Pride holds up the cross, and Dracula starts to recoil, but he's like, "Ha! You don't believe in that? You're Jewish!" And he tries to grab her, and, and she's wearing the Star of David, and uh, he recoils from that, yeah, because yeah. she's wearing that because she's you know an, an observant Jew. 
So, it, you know, that was one of the first times I was like, oh, oh, it's the belief in it. You know, that's it's that type of a thing. Which is you know, another still, powerful metaphor there. Yeah. You know, to, to put it, it's a fictional thing, but it's a fictional metaphor that's, that's bringing out some spiritual well, truths. Well, kind of, because just because you believe something is real or has power doesn't really give it power. What I mean is if you don't believe in the right thing, it doesn't right. mean that it still works like it would be with the cross. Right. Yeah. But with the cross, the idea is, you know, if you don't believe in the cross, you're not going to have your sins covered. You know, if you don't believe what Jesus did, then it's not going to happen for you. You're not saved except through Christ alone. And and how right. that, you know, it's a simplistic thing as far as the vampire goes. But that's what attracts me to vampire stories. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of them that have very, very sexual overtones coming out of the idea of, you know, just this bloody intimacy between a vampire and a woman and that kind of thing. But what attracts me to vampires is that idea of the spiritual warfare and the, you know, the spiritual overcoming, the spiritual good overcoming the spiritual evil. And that you do have this idea of the sin nature, you know, the, the vampiric passing on of, of the curse from one to another to another to another and, and the power of the cross and that kind of thing. Uh, so that's something that attracts me to to vampire stories. Unfortunately, especially modern ones, they don't they don't take on those ideas. Yeah. Because another thing, Bram Stoker's Dracula, that movie, uh, I remember that was when I realized, oh, the vampire is like the anti-Christian. <laughs> because yep. the Christian seeks immortal... You know, eternal life. The Christian gets eternal life through the sacrificial blood of, of Christ. And the vampire steals life through human blood. And, you know, he is about extending his own physical life by stealing and killing and murdering and basically being a, a terrible, terrible sinner, sinning sinner, you know. And, right. Whereas with Christianity, it's through the blood of Christ given freely, it's accepted as a, as a gift, but it's, you know, then you become, you learn to become the servant of all. A vampire does not become a servant of all unless he's in that detective show, that forever night detective show mm -hmm. where he would like drink cow blood and, and go to blood banks and stuff because he couldn't, right. he, I don't want to kill humans. I want to solve right. crimes. <laughs> so. My wife used to watch that all the time. It's one of her favorite, uh, that show confused me because I caught a two-hour movie late night one night, and it had a dude, and I, it seemed like he had black hair. And then, like a year later, I caught it again. It was the same story with a different guy, but they reshot the pilot. They shot a pilot, they bought the series, got rid of the lead actor, and reshot the pilot with a new guy, and then did a whole series with a new guy. But it, <laughs> it really was confusing to me because I thought I'd seen this before, but this doesn't look right. That's wacky. Uh, any other words on, on vampires or Dracula in particular? I think we can, uh, we could do an entire show on vampires and Dracula. Um, seems like we have, <laughs> I know, I was about to say, I know so we did zombies, but I, I can't remember. Maybe we did. Just, but I mean, there's so many different versions, so many different, uh, you know, iterations of the, the vampire myth through history. That you know, we are familiar with the 
uh, you know, the the Eastern European version of it. Mm-hmm. But there are versions, you know, African versions and, and uh, Native American versions of this same thing where it's this, you know, other people's blood that sustains this thing, you know, and, and it's just creepy, horrible, you know, dehumanizing type of stuff. So it makes sense. I mean, blood is super important. You know, mm-hmm. it's that's what gives your body life. And to have someone take that from you and consume it, you know, we're getting back into cannibalism with with uh, you know wolf creatures and stuff like that. But and they are tied together, vampires and wolf uh, werewolves. They 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 are connected just by their very nature, right? So. I think right. one. I mean, one is sort of at least the, in the origin of it. It's it's taking on these non-human, subhuman characteristics to gain power, and you're doing it on purpose. And the other is it's sort of thrust upon you. No one really wants to become a werewolf. That's true. Yeah, the, the werewolf is usually yeah. a tragedy, where yeah. the vampire is usually it, it's a tragedy of a different kind, where it's it's yeah. a yeah a, con, being consumed by power and yeah. Yep. Favorite vampire stories, guys? Dracula. <laughs> just, I mean, the, the original, it, it veers so much off the, the book, but it's just that, it's that type of horror where it's all expectation and waiting. And it's that old type of horror that I, you know, that I enjoy, that I grew up on, where it's not overt and it's not all this gore and, and you know, continuous horrible stuff happening it's you're just you're waiting for him to strike and you're just waiting for it to happen how about you dr jace twilight i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i was prepared to accept that answer as okay (laughs) all right (laughs) why don't i why am i not surprised (laughs) i'd say i'd definitely say nasferatu yeah it's another great one and I think I might have to go with, and this is based on 20 years of memory. Okay. I might have to go with um, Lost Boys. Wow. Well, and here's why. We watched that movie all the time in college. There was a time when we rented it, and, you know, it's a five-day rental. Mm -hmm. And so we put the tape in. That movie never stopped being played in our dorm. We would come in. We catch the end of it and start it over again, and then someone would go to class, and then someone else would come in. I'd go to class, and I'd come back. Oh, it started again. We ran that tape every waking hour for those five days, and I do not know why. <laughs> I don't know what was causing us to do that, but yeah, I, I think that I might go with that. The other one that I remember is there was a Dracula TV show that was on when I was in high school, and it was on – during it was a syndicated package and it came on at like one in the morning on Friday night and I would take my I would go downstairs grab the little tiny black and white TV bring it upstairs and I would watch it and it was about it was in the modern day it was an old man and his grandson and granddaughter or something like that and they were the only ones who believed that this guy who lived on the castle nearby was a was a vampire and his name was Alexander which is an initial A Lucard. A yeah, Lucard, which backwards Dracula. is Dracula. Yeah. And I thought that was so clever. And yeah. I remember watching it when I just wanted to catch it every time. Because it was it was like the the late night horror movie. It was like a 
it had the the same budget as like uh the twilight zone type shows that were on in the 80s and, and early 90s and there's another show called monsters that was tied to it that i also really enjoyed that was basically one creature one set three actors and that was their budget <laughs> and you had to write around that and and some of them were good you know and some of them were terrible but it was late night i didn't care and then i would almost fall asleep watching it so <laughs> nice so frankenstein 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 i i'm just going to put this out there right now we don't have to talk much about frankenstein because i i really want to do an episode just about frankenstein yeah, um, but we, we need to touch on There's a lot of meat it. to this. But, yeah, we do need to talk about it if we're going to talk about these monsters. And this is another one that doesn't come from folklore, even though it kind of has that old world um, origin. But it's it's about the kind of the, the rise of technology and the rise mm-hmm. of science. And this is not a supernatural creature. This is a creature that was brought to life through science. And that's that's right. one appeal to to that Frankenstein story, mm-hmm. um, because some people think she actually got her that Mary Shelley actually got the inspiration to do this from people who were like traveling around doing experiments where they were making frog legs twitch by applying mm-hmm. electricity and that kind of thing. So, yeah, but it it, uh, it it also goes back to other like the golem, which is yes. magic. You know, uh, making this dead matter now animated, um, and but taking it that other step, that next step where you have technology doing it. Jason, you know? have you seen so, any of the Frankenstein movies, or no? Have you read the book? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I've seen him in like Monster Squad, and I've seen. I actually. Did you see Robert De Niro do the Frankenstein thing? No, but I, what, was Frankenstein in um, Van Helsing? Yeah, they did something with Frankenstein, or was that Jekyll and Hyde that they did? I did. I did see Young Frankenstein, which is you know pretty much the same. <laughs> That's good enough. <laughs> the, the the it's a it's a slow movie, and the laughs are. There's 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 space between the laughs because they're actually developing story in there. But oh man, young Frankenstein! Yeah, that has one of the funniest moments where I just remember watching that and just laughing and laughing and laughing. And I was watching it on a laptop with headphones in bed next to my wife who was sleeping. She's like, what are you laughing at? And I'm trying to explain to her, <laughs> oh my goodness, see, this is young Frankenstein and that's actually Frankenstein's monster and it's the grandpa or it's the dad from Everybody Loves Raymond. And, and my wife's just like, I don't care and rolls over and goes back to sleep. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, nice. young Frankenstein, that's good. Yeah. Would, would that be your favorite then of the Frankenstein movies that you've seen? Or, or stories? Hmm. No, I think probably my favorite Frankenstein story is Data from Star Trek Next Generation. I could go no, with I, that. I don't know if that would be and you know, one to one equivalent because he's he's a machine. You know, he's not made from human parts. But and he's I think going some of the, some of the same yeah, but if you see the episode, I can't remember which episode it was, but Data's put on trial whether or not he's 
man or machine and whether he's property or not because people were scared of what it would mean towards the society of ro- where robots were people. And so they, he was put on trial in a way and there was a witch hunt out to get him. And, and one of my favorite scenes in the entire series is when Picard defends him um, in a basically a courtroom. And uh, it was pretty, pretty intense. It is a good episode. And I, I would agree. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have the human parts, but is exploring that element of the Frankenstein story of what makes you a human. And he's a created being, and, and Frankenstein's creature is a created being. And but who, I think I think a lot of the horror comes from that, you know, the body horror. Oh, of definitely, this definitely constructed this composite human being. But Data's not a horror story. No, it's not, and he's not a composite human being either. So, you know. Well, there are times when he gets other skin grafted to his face. Right, but I think it's synthetic. I mean, it's it's just a different thing. I, I don't. I I think it has elements of the uh, Frankenstein story, and if you're looking at those elements played out in Data, then yeah, I can definitely go with that. How about you, Steve? Favorite variation of Frankenstein that you've read or viewed? Um. <laughs> <laughs> there's just there's just so many. Uh, but what you know, strikes you as the favorite? Oh boy. Okay. Well, want me to give I'd, my I'd answer? Have to think about it. I'll okay. have to when we do the when we do the the whole show. I'll, I'll have an answer for. Well, that. my answer is pretty simple, and that's the book. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the book itself, the source material, still holds up. It mm-hmm. is, you know, it's dated. It, it's old, but it still holds up, and it works as a story. It works as a narrative. Far better than Dracula. I can't read Dracula. I've tried to read Dracula, and I just can't get through it. Um, I just get frustrated, and, and it's slow. But <laughs> Frankenstein could be the same way, but there's something about the way she tells the story that, that's more striking and, and better. Um, right. And, and, and holds up better throughout the ages. You know, it's over 100, 100 some years old. So that's that's my favorite Frankenstein story, nice. and I do want to do an episode just about that. So, and I, I do have um, just to follow up on the the vampire, the Dracula one. It's not a Dracula story per se, um, but it's a great vampire story. Is uh, the Astro City uh, story oh, arc yeah. called Confession, um, where uh, I won't ruin it, but uh, it has to do with vampire stuff. So. Um, if you're looking for more of a, a superhero type um, uh, treatment of you know what what vampirism, uh, what role it could play in that, then I would say uh, look for that Astro City's Confession. Yeah, I agree. That's good stuff. Okay, well uh, that brings us, I think, to the end here, and we actually made it. Rabbit trails aside. <laughs> We made it. Took us an hour and forty-five minutes, but we made it. (laughs) An hour and eleven. So, all right. I think it's time to say goodbye. Then, what do you think, guys? We could do that. All right. You have any final thoughts about monsters and creatures and phantoms and mummies and Halloweeny stuff? I think one one of the the things we can get off the trail 
on is you know looking at these things and saying what what role could these horrible things possibly play in a christian's life you know the the whole you know the body horror of frankenstein's monster or the subjugation of the the the, the person and vampires and things like that if you look at them as metaphors for humanity for sin you know like we've said over and over again i think um and for good purpose it is a there lessons that we can learn you know when when we are going to take our power and lord it over someone you know what will that do to us that will subjugate us that'll put us in a place where you know we're forcing someone to do something sort of like an animal would force you to to you know cower in fear or something so you know watch what we do watch these things look at the the lessons that it teaches us and and you know work out our own salvation with fear and trembling yeah and i think that's definitely what makes the creatures and monsters any horror really work is the metaphor where yeah i'm not going to create a man out of dead body pieces but no but i can look at frankenstein and look at frankenstein's monster and see you know the pride of man and and see you know the these these character lessons and and ideas and yeah you can learn from that and there is also the idea of the thrill which we haven't talked about because we're not talking about that aspect of horror movies and that kind of thing of just why do people like to be scared and get scared right and and that's another discussion and and a valid discussion too uh we're here we're talking about themes and ideas about the monsters rather than the actual well i also think the things that you guys are highlighting are are true of the classics but i think a lot of the modern versions kind of lack that moral lesson um you know i haven't seen too many of them where there's an actual positive you know message attached to them anymore they're not it's not like they're the the old ones used to be more like cautionary tales uh now it's become more of like a gore fest gore gore fest and yeah um, that's probably why i'm not as drawn to them as as much because i'm not really interested in that kind of stuff yeah, well, and, and a lot of them are meant to just be the that thrill, you know, to cause young bodies to get adrenalized and eat more popcorn. You know, and, <laughs> um, I mean, that really, I think, is, is part right. of where they come from. There's a science to horror movies. The things that happen in your body as you're watching a horror movie. You're, you, when you watch a horror movie that's really genuinely scaring you, your body is preparing for fight or flight. In the same way it would if you were in the jungle and a, and a real tiger was coming after you, but mm-hmm. um, but that's another discussion. And and you're right, I think, Doctor Jace. I, I really do. I think that you're. It, a lot of it does come from intent of the filmmaker, and oftentimes good messages come out in spite of the intent of the filmmaker or the storyteller or the writer, not because of them. And so you have to kind of look. Uh, you, you need to be discerning as you're looking at what you're taking in and, and what you're getting out of what you take in. Right. So. All right. Well, you guys ready, ready to say goodbye? Say goodnight? Good night. Goodbye. <laughs> and I'm just going to say thanks for listening, everyone. You can find us at strangersandaliens.com. And uh, please contact us if you have thoughts about 
monsters and that kind of thing. We have a new setup that's going to make playing messages from you work much better. And it's also going to allow us to be able to do in an easier way uh, feedback and that kind of thing. So I'm very excited about that. And so we'd love to hear from you. We have all of our technological kinks worked out, I think, gentlemen. And good. <laughs> that's a very good thing. I don't have to edit any weird noises out of this episode. <laughs> now, there have been some weird noises that have happened, but they weren't technologically based. So, See, see Ben, what, what Steve didn't tell you is that's really been him the entire time. Just, just making that know. mouth noise? <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, with all <laughs> with all that said, everyone, thanks for listening, and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandalien.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening.